is your boy, Uncle Q. It's your boy, Blake the Great. This is Crazy Talk. And, uh, man, we just up in here, man, we was in here thinking about some stuff, right? And we was talking about how people need to figure out, especially us as black men, we got to figure out how to come together and make these dreams work. Man, people got to come to come together as a group, man, figure out what their skill set is, what they... Uh, what their particular talent is, man, and then figure out what they naturally do and what they naturally love that they would do for free anyway, and then figure out how to come together as a group, as a collective, and then monetize that thing. Got to. Got to. There's too many people out here. I see too many talented people that do have their own niche. They got their own little lane, but they can't take off because they ain't got that team with them. Right. Right. And I feel like it's too much of talent, especially within our black community, and we, it's like we scared to come together. Like we scared, like we like, well, well, I don't want nobody else to do better than me or, or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, we all gonna win. You feel me? We all gonna eat. Well, you, it's exactly what it is, but it's like a, a crabs in a bucket mentality. You know what I'm saying? Everybody just kind of in their own little corner. They don't want nobody to do better than them. But we rise better when we do things collectively. You know what I'm saying? In terms of, you look at it right now, man, with, with social media, bro, and uh -huh. the internet, the internet has allowed people that have talent and skill level to cut out the middleman. You know what I'm saying? It used to be, if, if somebody wanted to make some money, wanted to make a living, man, our old generation used to be thinking, well, we gotta work on the job for 30, 40 years. Right. You know what I'm saying? Now we ain't gotta do that, man. You know what I'm saying? You can have a skill, you can have a gift, a talent, put it out to, to the masses, and if you got the right connections, right networking, bro, right. you could become successful in a very short period of time, man, because now everybody can see it with exactly. the click of a button on the internet. All it takes is, is consistency. Putting out a good quality, putting out good content. Yeah, for sure. That's it, man. And speaking of gifts, man, I want to touch on this because, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, go through this school system, and a lot of people make C's or they or they can't pass Spanish one and Spanish two, and they think they ain't a failure because they ain't got no college degree or or they don't have the same talent as maybe the man next to them. But we got to realize God gave everybody a talent. Right. Everybody has a skill. Everybody has a, a gift that they're just natural with. You feel what I'm saying? But people got to realize you got to find that. You got to hone that gift. You got to realize what it is for one. Right. You got to hone it, practice on it, put the time in on it, and you just never know what'll happen. Like make it, it, make it your craft. Make it your craft. Love it. Right. Make love to it. it How many it, hours you said? Ten thousand. Ten thousand them things. Ten thousand. If you, if your craft. If your passion is your craft and your craft is your passion, you'll never work a day in your life. Never. Never. You know what I'm saying? Hey, we doing this podcast right now. We, you know, we beginners, we're novices in the podcast game, but this is what we do anyway. We talk, bullshit, have a good time, hang with our friends. We have conversations about LeBron versus Jordan all the time. Right. So now we're coming on the podcast, sharing our vision, sharing our conversations, giving the listeners, the audience insight into what we do naturally any day of the week anyway. Right. You know what I'm saying? This is what we do. So this is not work to us. You know what I'm saying? This is not a job to us. You know what I'm saying? This is Saturday night right now. This is Saturday night. We you know what I'm saying? It. This is something that we can take, you know what I'm saying, for our listeners, wherever you are across the world listening to us, be like, hey man, these guys really just love talking about what they talking about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I really love hip hop, bro. I really love sports, bro. You know what I'm right. saying? So you gonna hear it when we talk about it. You know what I'm right. saying? When, when you talk about uh, production and you know video quality and putting out content. Shout and out then, Aaron. Aaron captured it. Shout out to media. Aaron. When you start talking about uh, uh, animation, when we start talking about our homeboy Marshawn Dunn, how he talks about 
the creative designs, putting them on hats and t-shirts. This stuff he would do anyway. Right. So you know what I'm saying? As as black men, we need to put our talents and our skill to several, uh, our skill set together. Put our egos aside. Right. Come together and figure out how to get this money, bro. Get we this do. money, man. Money. Get this bag, bro. I like it's it. It's out here, man. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't know about you. I don't know how old our average listener is, man. I'm you know I'm a sneeze away from forty. Hachu. I'm a sneeze away from 40. You're 40 bro. now, big fella. Right. I'm a sneeze away, bro. I don't want to be working for the white man forever, bro. I don't want to be working for nobody ever. You know what I'm saying? Right. If, I ain't, if I ain't controlling my own destiny. Dig that. You know Dig what I'm saying? That. If I ain't the one driving the boat, you know what I'm saying? Them days of punching in the clock and slaving for 25, 30 years, waiting on the pension, them days over, bro. Right. Coronavirus came through and killed the economy right now. Niggas, 401k, it, it really, been it, vanished. It, it really showed people how quickly and how fickle that job you think is. How fragile it is. Something, one little thing can make you, it, think about how many people we know live paycheck to paycheck every two weeks. Right. If you don't get a paycheck for a month, you know how many people be at the kitchen, Man. homeless. Bro, I read a study somewhere, bro, the average average American family is probably about two or three paychecks away from being homeless, bro. If they miss two paychecks in a row, they're on the verge of homelessness, getting this crazy. full government benefits and assistance. It's, it's to the point now where people that say, fuck Donald Trump, is like, I mean, if he gonna send them checks out, I mean, that I'll be straight. Right. <laughs> he ain't that, ain't that bad, bad, you right. know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, Trump my guy. Right, that's my that's my right. president. They, they sold their soul for a band. For $1,000. Right. That's how hard it is right now, man. This, this, but this whole coronavirus, man, is really just shine the light on people got to be entrepreneurs bro you got to that's the only way you're gonna be able to make in this world bro you got to have some side hustles two or three things going on two or three streams of income coming on you yeah. can't just be like well i got my job but what if your job lay off or it shut down or the plant moved to china or it moved to mexico what you gonna do you gonna move to mexico right what you got gonna it. do you know what i'm saying your kids still gotta eat bills still gotta be paid what you For gonna sure. do you know what i'm saying you're gonna sink sure. or swim in this game man too many people do not know how to swim and I hate it. I hate it, bro. They out there, they ain't got no, man, they got no flotation device on and then they just out nothing. there in that water. Nothing. Trying to stay in the shallow winds so they can stand up. Right. Boy, get out there in that deep end. Get out there in that <laughs> deep end, boy. But, you know, I think a lot of that comes from, and I don't mean to put this on the last generation, but the last generation's definition of success, from what I hear, yeah, was 401k job, mm -hmm. retirement, pension. Right. They like, you can go to school, you can get you a job making $40,000 a year, mm. and you can retire. Shoot, hey, you living the American dream. Right. It ain't the same no more. No. That's not the same. That, that dream is not the same anymore. And we can't, and we gotta do better preparing our kids for, uh, 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 or preparing the youth, period, for this next wave of what America going through. You feel what I'm saying? All of this, 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 this nine to five. Yeah, you can work on work on yourself from nine to five. Mm -hmm. But going going clocking in up here, wherever you clock in at, it sound good until they like you said earlier. Till they laying off. Oh uh, well, we gotta do a budget cut. We gotta lay off the last fifty people higher, and you was the forty ninth. Right. If you do not know how to get in this game, this technology game, and and how to navigate the internet, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of the shit that's going on with the economy, bro, and which is putting people out of work. And it's really people opening people's eyes to being entrepreneurs is because a lot of the world is being automated. Oh, a lot of things that used to require 
20, 30, 40 people in the warehouse, they got they got drones in there now. They got right. robotics. They yeah. got a push of a button. They got one person now doing the job or one machine doing the job of what 20 people had to do back in 1985. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So if you don't know how to navigate and adjust to what's going on in today's economy, you know what I'm saying? This this automation economy. You get left. Bro, this ain't the industrial, this ain't the industrial age anymore, bro. You know what I'm saying? This ain't about 2,000 people in the warehouse, you know what I'm saying, working at the chicken house. Nah, it's not. Bro, that's gonna phase out, bro. It's gone. And if you don't know how to adapt to what's going on, get you a new skill, learn you a new trade, learn you uh, the different certificate, whatever you gotta do to get yourself adapt to this new age, bro, right. you're gonna be out here behind the curve, bro. That's true. And that's really what it comes down to is being able to continue to learn. Right. Being able to continue to say, okay, I know what I know, but I'm gonna keep on learning right. so I can learn more, right? Because I hear so many people, um, quick story, I had a, uh, I was talking to a guy who was talking about Tesla. And we was talking about how they got automated cars and stuff, right? And they said, you know, oh, I never, uh, I never get in no car that didn't got no driver, right? And I said, well, you flying a plane, don't you? You mm -hmm. think that pilot driving that plane the whole time? Mm -hmm. No, sir. They are there in case something go wrong, right? But ninety percent of the time. The only thing that pilot does is rise and land that plane. Autopilot. Autopilot. So you're going from Nashville to California, and that plane is being ran by. Anybody that says that is not paying attention to the news because uh, 2021, self-driving cars will be in California. It's, it's here now. But it's out of fear, though. Yeah. Because their whole thing is, oh, this technology, la, 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 la. And I'm just like, bro, in 15 years, the least of your concerns is going to be an automated car. Right. You know what I'm saying? They finna automate this whole economy. The whole world gonna be automated. Right. Look at look at the little stuff and they and they, you know, they they give it to us in small increments. You right. know what I'm saying? They give it to us in in doses to where we can, you know, we can digest it, right? They give you the Alexa, right? You can connect Alexa to everything in your house. You can just on your, by the sound of your voice, you can mm -hmm. say, Alexa, turn on the TV, put it on ESPN. Right. Alexa, turn off the bedroom light. Alexa, tell me what's in the refrigerator right now. They got cameras in the refrigerator. Right. Right. So they're slowly but surely getting us to become more and more dependent on technology. Right. Look at your phone. Right now, you got a phone. What you listening to this podcast on right now? Your phone or your computer or what your TV, whatever, whatever you got. Just technology. Right. Everybody say, oh, I don't need my phone. Leave it at the crib. I've seen people can leave their wallet at the crib and don't even turn around and go get it. Mm. You could be 30 minutes from your crib and you find out you ain't got your phone. Breaks, turn, you turn right there in the middle of the highway. Go back and get that phone. You know what I'm saying? Those that are afraid to swim in the future will drown in the past. Say that one more time for me. Those who are afraid to swim in the future will drown in the past. I can dig that, bro. I like that. That sound real good. I just thought of that, bro, the top of my head. On top of the head. Right. Boy, you rap, boy, you a freak the snap. Spoken word over there, boy. Right. No, but that was some real shit, though, bro. Like, people gotta be prepared for it, bro. Yeah, it's here, bro, you know what I'm saying? And the millennials, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm glad that I, I've, I've surrounded myself with guys that's younger than me because the younger guys keep me abreast of it because I got guys that are my age and older, and they are those guys that you're talking about, the guys that's stuck in their ways. Yeah. They've been doing the same thing for 10, 15 years. My older brother comes to mind. I love my older brother, but he's one of those type of guys where he was taught by the generation prior to him, hey man, 
you know, uh, you better get you a job working for the government. Right. Better work, work at the post office. Right. That you was better, like you prime better go, time. You better go to the military uh, and retire after 20 years and get you a check from Uncle Sam. Right. And that's what they that's what they fallback plan was. Get a job working for the government, working for the county, get a job with the post office, get a job working with the government, and then get, get a college degree and all, everything's going to be fine. Wow. That's it. You know, that, that's it. A black man get a job at the post office, he winning. Winning. Delivering mail, delivering mail, or that's working true. at a, working at a damn warehouse somewhere, sorting through mail. Right. That was it. It's crazy, man. You know what I'm saying? That's that's just want to pigeonhole us. As that's the only thing we can do. Right. And I'm gonna tell you what's gonna really have y'all boy messed up. They made a movie about it. People think it's all. People think these sci-fi movies ain't real. Think again. Anybody ever seen the movie RoboCop? Mm-hmm. That's what's gonna make y'all scared. Y'all gonna realize technology is here to stay. Right. When you get pulled over by a police car with no police in it, and some little robot dude get out, or some little whatever, some right. little I can't even imagine what it's gonna look like. It'll probably AI. Be, some artificial some, intelligence. Artificial intelligence give you a ticket, and you gonna that's when you gonna that's when y'all gonna be like, oh man, I bet the, I ain't worried about Tesla. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? I'm worried about this RoboCop. Right. And uh, he run a, a three three in the forty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because he got these robo legs. He, he made Chris Johnson look slow as hell. Real slow. Right. You feel what I'm saying? So I'm just saying, like, um, I actually watched a interview with Will I Am, who is now in my top five favorite people. Right. Uh, he a big tech dude. Right. And he's saying, he, and he said something that really stuck with me. He said, I mean, you can be ready for it or you cannot be ready for it, but it's happening. It's happening regardless. It's coming. You might as well so, go ahead and swim with that tide, bro. You might as well swim with it. Prepare yourself. Right. Don't do your don't do yourself a disservice saying, "Oh, I'm good where I'm at." You know, that's like people that had outhouses being like, "No, nah, I don't want no toilet." Right. Just because you used to outhouse don't mean you don't want indoor plumbing, sir. That don't right. make no sense. I would tell you, industry that's going through that right now. You know, what I'm saying I've used it quite a bit, and many people that go out to the club use it quite a bit. Look at Lyft and Uber, bro. The Lyft and Uber transportation model is is putting the old taxi cab taxi cab model out of business. Out. You know what I'm saying? It used to be the it used to be the days if you worked in the old taxi cab uh, industry, you know what I'm saying? You could probably turn that into a lucrative job, lucrative career. But now since Lyft and Uber got here, bro, they get there much quicker, much more efficiently, a lot cheaper. Yep. They don't take forever to come pick you up. Right. So the taxi cab industry, just to use an example, is being uprooted right. by Lyft and Uber. This literally it. has been forced, and this is just because of the guidelines of Uber and Lyft. Right. It makes the taxi people have to make the long distance trips. The Nashville to Chattanooga trip, right. the you know pick you up from the airport in Georgia and bring you because Lyft and Uber they can't they can't change they got they got to go through a lot more to change cities and change states. You know what I'm saying? Right. You got to switch accounts, but that's all the taxi cabs are really eating off of and older people. Right. But eventually, they collect clientele gonna die. Right. You know what I'm saying? So then now what? Cause ain't no young kid called no taxi. No. The third, uh, bro. If you under fifty, if you over, if you under fifty, you not calling no taxi cab, bro. I don't even know the number to a taxi cab. Right. You taxi, if, you, if you under forty, you probably call. They ain't even got no taxi app. <laughs> so that's how you know. That's how you know it's gone. It's right. not. It's it's gone, right. bro. If you buy, if you invest in a taxi cab right now, you fifty six, and you just like, man, I know the city real good. You know what I just feel like driving all day. Hey, you selling everything? Everything for sale. <laughs> Every taxi driver I know then got locked up for selling some dope or something out the taxi cab <laughs> to his customer. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. He, he traveled out the band though. That's how you know he hurt. 
You got, yeah. you got it with you right. in the taxi cab? Right. <laughs> oh, you thugging like that, sir? Right. right. You got caught with three pounds in the taxi? Right. Hey, man, they got it. Hey, they ain't getting them rides like that. They you know ain't getting no rides. They, they, they turned into mules. They carriers now. That's what they are. People pay them, hey, man, run this over here for me. Right. Drop that off, pick that up. Keep the meter running. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Boy, calm down. Sir. Yeah, but we we gotta prepare for the future, man. And like I said, it's nothing we really can do about our grandparents because unfortunately they're too old and stuck in their ways, and they're just not gonna really change. Um, you know, saying on the drop of a hat like that. But for the people that's on the fence, for the young people out there that's just thinking, hey man, their parents told them go to college, get you a degree yeah. in, uh, in business administration, in finance, right. in marketing, so, psychology, you know, psychology, social work, whatever. And now you out here 30000 in debt. What you going to do, big fella? Bernie Sanders might not be there. Right. Free college may not be on the way. Type, hey, niggas cross over my, my guy over here. You know, so what you going to do? I don't even know what they going to do. Right. But I feel like this is a task and this is a uh, this is a, a goal that I that I wish to to put onto the youth. Um, adapt as you go. Mm. Right. Um, don't be the type of person that waits to the last minute to learn something right. or to move forward with something. You know, you see it's happening. It's right before your eyes. Don't be unaware of what's around you. You know what I'm saying? Bro, you said something to me a few weeks ago, bro, and I wish people would get it in their spirit for their own lives and their own job and craft. When you said, bro, you were telling me about how you was getting into the, the coding, and you said, bro, I'm not just a barber, bro. Right. That's why people gotta look at themselves, bro. I'm not just a nigga that work at Amazon. Right. I'm not just a nigga that work at Volkswagen. Right. I'm much more than that. Like people, I think people start thinking like their jobs become their identity. Like once they work a job for 10 years or they do something for 10 years, they feel like, okay, that's paying the bills, a steady paycheck. They let that become their identity. They never right. wanna get outside that box and say, hey man, I'm, I'm more than that. I ain't just right. a welder. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I can learn new stuff. I can learn new skill set. I can be diverse. I'm not for just sure. a, a packer at Amazon. Right. And you know, and 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 the harp on that, um, also a lot of people, and I know this a lot because I know a lot of people they graduated college, they think because they got their education or that degree in that field, they feel like they're a failure if they don't get a job in that field. Mm. But I tell people all the time, education is unlimited. Right. Right. Just because you learn, got a degree in psychology, okay, you can use that knowledge to do something totally different. Psychology, everybody got brains. Right, everybody has. You gonna deal with humans in every aspect of your life, so you can't look at it like, uh, well, I got this degree in in biology. I gotta find a biology job, or or else I wasted my money. But no, because it may not be that many biology jobs out here in a minute. I mean, I guess right now you probably get a job. They're trying to figure out the cure to the old Rona. The Rona is here. But I mean, at the same time, you know, after this over with, I mean, where you gonna work at? Right. I'm not even. I haven't even seen nowhere where you work at hired up. You got, you know, lady. folks out here getting degrees in music. You know, that's good and dandy if you're gonna be a music teacher. That's what, that's what you're gonna be. And most people end up doing that. Oh, I see. You know how many people I see with a degree that work at Enterprise? Shout out to Enterprise. I mean, they 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 got a nice little farm system. <laughs> but I'm saying like all kind of degree majors. I mean, I know right. people as journalist majors or uh, sociology business, everything, communication, and they work at Enterprise. I know a girl right now, man, you know, girl, giving out discounts. Man, girl I used to rock with, she got a degree in journalism. She wanted to be an international, like a CNN correspondent. She work at Park Ridge, bro. Park Ridge? Park Ridge. 
for people that know who that don't know what Park Ridge is, what what is Park Ridge? Park Ridge is a hospital, bro. Hospital. She does like registration at Park Ridge. That's what I'm saying. She went to school for journalism, bro. She wanted to be a international correspondent, bro. Right. And she then they Park say Ridge. shit on the uh on the application, like, well, you know, since you a journalist major, you definitely will be dealing with words. So uh she, she's full of big words. Right. You know what I mean? So we're gonna we gonna we gonna hire your own since you know what words and it's definitely gonna be words on the paper that you're working with. She's basically doing data entry right now. Exactly. Nothing that she wants to do. Right. So that furthers my note of saying. I told her, I said, baby, right now you're the Anderson Cooper of data entry right now. Anderson Cooper of data entry. Boy, you something else. Overqualified, underpaid. Right. Man, I hate it, bro. I hate to see it, bro. Marshawn, man, what's your take on it, man? Mr. Graduate. Matter of fact, shout out to the degree, G. I, I, I fucks with it, bro. I do fuck with the college. I'm proud of you. Man, I don't know. It's like, it's easy for somebody to kind of fall astray of what their original vision was. Okay. That goes kind of back to what y'all was saying about people need to find their passion yeah. or find what it is that they feel like is their purpose and then like work towards that because I was actually talking to Blake about this the other day. A lot of times people just taking stuff day by day. And it's kind of like they, somebody asked you, man, how you doing? How you been, man? I'm, I'm chilling, man. Just taking it how it come, man. Right. Day by day. Taking it day by day is how you end up 25 years out of high school. And you're not doing nothing that you envisioned that yourself would be doing. Zero. And... That's kind of, I feel like that's how people end up. They done went to school, graduated on a day-by-day basis. They just like, you know what I'm saying? Going through going through the motions and yeah. and not finding no purpose in where they want to be at. And I mean, it's, you you really do hate to see it. Yeah, I do, man. I really hate it. Like, so let me ask you a question, man. So uh, you're a college grad, man. So you went to college. You know, I went to college. I didn't graduate, but what I did find in college was I found my wife and I found some really good friends. I learned a lot about myself in college. Yeah, I you know took some classes and stuff, but the most stuff I learned was in them dorm rooms and you know just living life on campus and having to figure myself out. But what do you think is some one of the biggest things that you learned about yourself while you was in college? Um the the experience of college has did ten times what the actual substance in the class has did for me. Okay. So like the experience of it, kinda, I had I had a a glimpse of kind of what I wanted to do. I feel like my purpose is to be able to help people, whether that be through advice, counseling, or whatever the case may be, but. My experience of college kind of helped me tap in, tap into it, just through different moments that I had with different people and stuff like that. So, I would say that overall guidance. Had I not went to college, I don't know if I would know what I feel like I should be doing. If yeah, that makes sense. I can dig it. Um, kind of made you focus, kind of laser beam that thing. Yeah, cause like you. My biggest thing with college that I told anybody who was considering or anybody who was already in it, I was like, if you don't know why you're here, you're not gonna, you're not gonna graduate. Cause like, it, <clears throat> college isn't like 
high school where you got teachers down your back. You got to be there. They checking for you if you're missing. They want right. to see all that. Like, it's all on you. You miss an assignment. The key, the teacher, don't, the professor does not care. Like, they go, they going to get their check regardless. For sure. And so, like, you can be you can be in college and be lost. And, like, had I not went to college, I don't know. I don't know what I, I, I don't know what I would be wanting to do because I feel like yeah. those experiences kind of brought out my purpose. Yeah, I can dig that. I um, I actually have have a um opinion on about what you just said. So, I remember my freshman year in college, right? It was a lot of drinking, a lot of smoking, a lot of partying, a lot of homework that was not being done. <laughs> But I had it, right? <laughs> I had the papers, you know what I'm saying? The syllabus and everything like Syllabi. that. The syllabus, you know what I'm But one thing I, I found out, and this was from just people that I was around, was so many people got told to go to college, right? Just go, no, that was just like, well, they, they, they pushed that on us in high school, the guidance counselors, go to college and just go to college. And, just, just go to college, uh, and and I was just like, you know, bro, it was like, four. You know what? I'm gonna say 60 percent. It's probably 60 percent of freshmen that enter college have no idea what they want to do. Listen, I was one of those people. Like literally, and my dad, and my dad was as somebody loving to death. Everything that I am, I feel like I've got from him. Yeah. All the best parts of me. Shout out, dad. That's what's up. Yeah, but he. Was he didn't graduate high school? Kind of was just a guy who took it day by day, worked his works his meal jobs or whatever. And he told me and my sister, like, whenever you graduate high school, you either going to the military or you going to college. And that's kind of like back to that old way of thinking. It's like you either finna find you a job, a government job, a government job, <laughs> right? That's gonna give you that pension, and you're gonna get the Uncle Sam checks once you graduate. I mean, once you retire, or you're gonna go to college. Now, mind you, he's somebody who never went to college, doesn't know the first thing about college as far as Pell Grants, how you're gonna pay for it. And we not somebody, we, we aren't somebody who comes for money. So, like, he was telling me college or military, and me choosing college, it was like, I don't know how you gonna pay for it, <laughs> right? But you going to college, so I literally just went just because that was my options. Wasn't finna sell myself to the government, go to the military, and um, yeah, man, I it happened real quick for me finding out what I felt like was my purpose, or else mm. I, or else I would have just been like a, cause I went to Chat State first, so I wasn't even getting the college experience part, cause Chat State, Look, community, community college. college not a university experience, no dorms. It was damn near like high school. Yeah. You had people who went to Chat State who who went to high school with each other. So you got the the little clique of people who went to Howard or went to Udawah. But outside of that, if you're not really connected in the city, you right. just on your own. So I was just, just out here winging it, literally. And so yeah, man, people go to college. Just cause they like, hey, it's the next thing to do after you graduate high school. Right, more school, which is terrible. Which, I, and, and I hate that because there's so many people out here that got talents, man, that have not been cultivated at a young age, man. and they don't even know. Like, um, I actually spoke about it 
um, the other day with somebody and I was like, I hate the fact that like you said, you felt like you only had two options. Now granted, you did succeed in one of the options that you chose, but man, you got hundreds of options. You got options on top of options. And I think that's the problem with the box. It's like a box. It's almost like a lot of people's parents or older people kind of put this box on their kids. Like, it's not on purpose. You know, they, they're telling you something that maybe they wish they would have done or something that might have been good for them to do 40 years ago when they was 18, you know what I'm saying? But with them not knowing the shift of the culture in the, in the country or in the world, they don't know to tell you, hey man, take, this, take a year off of school. You graduate, you stay here, rent free, get you a job, save some money. Get to know yourself. What 18-year-old knows they sell? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you legally grown, bro, but you don't know who you are. You don't know what you want to do. You don't know your, you know how many people I ask, bro? I ask, I ask this question. Every person hair I cut, I ask, tell me something good. Right. Most people tell me something bad after I ask them to tell me something good, which is weird, but whatever. <laughs> but I ask young kids, man, so you got any hobbies? They looking at me like, a hobby? What is a hobby? And I'd be like, like things that Foreign you language. do. Like, what do you do other than like go to school and like play video games? They can't give me nothing. At all. I was like, well, what are you good at? Uh, Fortnite. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, maybe you should be a video game developer. Which I was about to say. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Fortnite is a whole, like just the whole, with, with, with how technology is growing, the whole gaming being uh, a form of revenue for people. So, like, I think the biggest part with parents putting that box over their kids is because of lack of knowledge. Yeah, for sure. And, like, that's no fault of theirs because I feel like they their guidance is out of good intention in most cases. Always, most of the time. But, like, they don't know no better. So, like, if my dad knew, like, how social media was gonna pop off or how people was gonna make money out of social media rather and he see that I'm always on my phone he could have sparked that idea knowing how making money works as an adult I'm not thinking about that I'm just on social media for laughs trying to get at girls whoop de whoop but if him being the adult sparked that idea in me I could be what I could be the next I could be on YouTube with millions of subscribers. Right. And you still can. Yeah, facts. But like, just him not knowing to pass that down, it, no fault of his, but like that's one of the things that, that's problematic with people right. not knowing what what they do, what to do, what they right. good at. Right, so I think that's what it is. That's really what it come down to, man. And, uh, and uh, you know, I wanna ask you about this, Blake, bro, because we had this conversation multiple times but is it basically what I'm trying to say is this we have to not only realize what you just said Marshawn about what our parents did right about preparing us for the future right now granted my mama did prepare me for the future but not in the way that she knew you know what I'm saying she always told me the same I had the same options military college so she did. She got a master's degree, and she been living good, and she making money, whatever. But she prepared me for life in a different way that made me maneuver after I did not finish college. You feel what I'm saying? 
But the question is that I, that I got for you, Blake, what is something that the next generation of parents can learn and not only learn, learn how to implement what they wish was different into their kids? Well, first thing they gotta understand is that they don't know it all. You know what I'm saying? And that sometimes, you know, the whole model of uh, do as I say, not as I do, that's not a good way to raise kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you didn't do it. You didn't practice it. You didn't have those experiences. So you really can't speak uh, from a level of expertise on how your child is going to move or navigate in his future. You know, you from a different era. I think about when my mom was alive. She was 32 in 1990. She couldn't have any idea how the internet, which really wasn't even a real thing yet, or social media and uh, social media platforms and people become overnight stars and apps and stuff like that. She couldn't even fathom that that was gonna become a reality 10, 15 years later. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? She was just thinking, so I can't blame her or her generation, people that was born in the 50s, early 60s, from telling people like myself, get a job working for the post office. Because those were the jobs that were stable then. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't a whole lot of options for black people at that time. I mean, saying so you didn't see, yeah, you had a situation where you had a Colin Powell every now and then, or you heard you had black people that were successful in entertainment or comedy or sports. But in terms of regular, average day folks, you didn't really see a lot of black folks being highly successful, making six-figure salaries in just regular, everyday society. Right. So and you didn't see it. You didn't see it really black engineers or black right. astronauts. It wasn't right. a prominent thing. So all you saw was, well, how are we gonna make enough money to keep keep the lights on? Provide for the household. I'm gonna give me a job, making twenty dollars an hour, work for the post office. Maybe be a truck driver. You know what I'm saying? Maybe be a painter. Maybe be an auto body mechanic. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, trade and stuff like that. A welder. So that type of mentality and that type of uh, uh, insight to what was going on at that world at the time and their world at the time just got passed down. So like the parents of today's generation, they got to realize now it's a whole different world now. The the economy that existed from 25, 30 years ago, that's not the economy that my kids are inheriting. That's not the economy that my kids or guards are going to grow up in. That's going to only expand. It's going to become more automation, uh, auto, uh, automation, only more globalization, only more internet access, only more things being convenient off the click of a button. They have to understand that kids now, hey man, maybe college is not the just the, the be all to end all. And colleges are gonna to have to understand that, hey, maybe we need to retool our whole curriculum. Maybe we ought to have it where we don't we don't lock kids in for four or five years, wasting the first two years of their experience there learning the basic fundamentals. You know what I'm saying? Doing the prerequisite courses. Hey man, maybe I just wanna learn the skill to my job. Maybe we can cut the cost of colleges and cut the time being in colleges if you just teach me the first two years of what I wanna do and I get the hell up out of there. Yeah. So a lot, of, a lot of kids y'all were talking about earlier go to college, they don't know what to do. Yeah, because they frustrated the first two years because they're taking college algebra and statistics. And they just wasting the first two years there right. doing the pre- prerequisite classes, uh, you know, the nothing classes before they actually start getting to the meat of what they want to do their junior, senior year. So basically, so basically you're saying that you would, the 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 way that college is set up yeah. should be changed to maybe something like more of a trade school. More of a trade school, you know what I'm saying? Give people something with a, a direct learning experience. You know what I'm saying? Being life learners, saying, hey, maybe people would view college in a different way instead of it being a burden if they say, you know what? Maybe I want to learn how to do fixed diesel engines for uh, 18-wheelers. And I can go straight to college for half the cost, and they're gonna teach me exactly what I want to know, like an apprenticeship, right away. That'll be smooth. I don't, I don't got. I don't got to waste two years learning Mozart and music one on one, 
and, 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 and comp one. I don't care about that. I'm not going to be a writer. I don't care about writing essays. What I want to learn is how to fix a diesel mechanic. Right. Be a diesel mechanic I, and get in, get out. I think it's, I think it's, uh, any of y'all, any of y'all ever heard of a scene that's just it's like a picture or whatever, but it's about, it shows like a monkey, a fish, a lion, or, you know, a whole bunch of animals. Mm. And they say school is equivalent to testing a fish on the same test you test a monkey on climbing a tree. So it's like if this fish is being tested on how its ability to climb a tree, it's gonna feel like, oh, I'm a failure, bro. Like, I can't do this. Like, it's not for me. It's hard. Right. I can't climb no tree. Right. But if you put that monkey in the water and then test the monkey on how to swim, the monkey gonna be like, Feel the same way. fish is killing me, bro. Right. Every time. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like the education system has to do a better job of embracing the fact that, yes, we all humans, and yes, you all had, like, you know, we all got basic curriculum that we need to know math, you know, the basic biology of a, right. a human or, or the world. Right. But past that, you know, English and stuff like that, your language. Right. But past that, it's like you have to adapt to the person. Right. And I feel like the curriculum is so set in stone. This is the same curriculum from 100 years ago, bro. Right. The curriculum Stuck is in not the Stone changed. Age. Stuck in the Stone Age. It's, 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 it's almost ass backwards, bro, because. You got the education system, which a lot of parents depend on and even base their kids' grades off of their kids' success. I hear people all the time, oh, my baby got straight A's. That's wonderful. I'm glad your baby is good at taking tests. Right. But that does not equate to the real world. We all know in the real world, ain't no multiple choice. Right. I ain't never took a multiple choice after college. No. I ain't never learned nothing. I ain't never did nothing about no Pythagorean theorem. None of that. I ain't never done nothing. I don't even know how to spell it. Don't even want to try. <laughs> you dig what I'm saying? But it's like, what? We understand the problem, but what is the solution? I mean, even what if can you, we do as parents or as uncles, big cousins? What can we do to help out this young generation on being able to see the sky as not even the limit? Yeah, I mean. Even before you get to the solution, we were talking about how they're kind of stuck in their old way of teaching in the old curriculum. Even the whole nature of why school is let out for the summertime, that's based off the agricultural farming aspect of how the societies be ran. How many kids you know these days are actually going to work on a farm when summertime gets here? Almost none. Right. You know what I'm saying? That, that has no relevance or bearing on you know why, when kids should be in school, when kids should be out of school. Ain't no kids working on the farm like it was 100 years ago when you know when people first touched down on this on this continent. So that's just for one. That's another thing that's just ass backwards on how we have the school schedule set up. People, kids, uh, being out out of school for two and a half, three months, coming back and forgot every damn thing they learned when they right. got in May. When they got out in May. Right. So that's one thing we can change right there. But as far as what we can do now for solutions, one thing we can do is we can be open minded. You know, saying we can be open minded and we can use the technology, innovation, and things that we're learning today. Uh, or have more online learning. I think it was one way to use more online learning. Having the uh, curriculum more catered to individuals' particular skill set. Everybody doesn't want to um, be in a traditional model of being in school seven to eight, eight hours a day, four blocks, hour and a half, hour and thirty minutes in the block, learning about whatever right. subject you're learning Lunch about. Lunch at this time, uh, and all of that. I think, <clears throat> and this could be, this could be a solution. This was like a very broad thought that I had about the whole school structure uh, 
while I was sitting in college daydreaming in one of my classes. And so I think a change in the structure is very necessary, but it's, it should be done much earlier than college. So, like, although college is very taxing on the mental as far as it being, like, everybody's doing the same thing kind of whenever you get there and it, it leaves no room for you to learn what you what you want to do. Right. But, like, I feel like it, in high school, maybe even as early as middle school, because you can't change the whole system of, of how, like, just, like, the world works as far as working and stuff like that, it should be the same. I, I feel like it's not too flawed with the hours that school operates, but the curriculum in which everybody's doing the same stuff, if you focused it toward where you pinpoint uh, the children's interests, you could then guide them and make it more detailed as they progress. So, like, if you start them off in middle school and you have like a art side and then you have like a tech side yeah. and then like a math and science side for sure and then the people similar to how majors are in college if the kids interest is whatever it is out of those categories they go they spend into most it time over there and learn stuff in that field and then as they go into from seventh to eighth grade and they know that they kind of like math a little bit or they like science a little bit, then they go into eighth grade and ninth grade and they say, mm, I don't really like physical science, but chemical science really piques my interest. Then they take in chem science and they just learn about the chemical makeup of different things and so on right. and so forth. And as the grades progress, they get more detailed, which is easier said than done. Yeah. Cause that, then that goes into you have to have professions in that field who like right, know how are to only teach. teaching that one thing but I'm sure it's somebody who knows about that right. knows about structure and systems right. like that who will be able to make something based off exactly. of that that's very, my loose diaphragm of how it should be I can dig that and plus you know to add on to that it's like like you said oh it might not be people in that profession but it is yeah. Right. And it takes, and that's why I think it takes a village. And we and we lost that tribe aspect of community. Right? Everybody fend for themselves. It's like I, I I got it. Hey, so to that just reminded me of something that I was thinking about very early on when we started this one. Um, we were talking about the collective and how people should come together as far as to do fight everybody bring their passion or their purpose and then you monetize it whenever you come together. I was wondering what y'all thought on why black people in particular are so individualistic. Mm. Because my personal take, um, I just think that derives from just how people, are, people worry about self. And it's always been, well not always, but as of recently, I kinda like question like, in the Indian community and in Hispanic community, you see that they come together. It's four generations under one household, and we're not talking like just great granddad, granddad, uh, son, and his kids. We talking cousins and all of that. Yeah. And they come together. They all got jobs. They all if if it's seven working people in a household and they paying a thousand dollar a month rent or twelve hundred dollar a month rent 
and you think about all the income that they have and and how much they can save and then put that money elsewhere i just don't understand how where black people got that disconnect to where we don't we don't think like that yeah i found i found myself sitting over here when my sister had her apartment with her friends i'm like bro i'm sitting here i pay 600 a month rent my dad got his own spot he paid about the same and my sister they splitting about five they spend like 500 600 if if me my sister and my dad stay together now that we all working adults saved our money in a year's time we would have enough bread stacked up to where we could all start a business individually and like branch out and do our own thing yeah for sure but people just i don't know why we don't move like that what's y'all take on it um well he hey he coming heavy on that one bro hey, you know, the thing about it is we used to be like that we, we, we used to be like that when we were, well, we were forced to be that way because of, about about because of segregation and Jim Crow. But you know, everybody always talks about the Hispanic community and the Hispanic population here in Chattanooga. You can say what you want to say about them. Hey, they coming together, Jack. Yeah. All these abandoned buildings and abandoned warehouses and abandoned property that's been sitting just uh, uh, vacant for many years, nobody doing nothing with it. They pulling their money together, they pulling their resources together, and they said they're gonna make something out of it. Yeah. And that's the same mentality we need to have. He was just talking about if him, his dad, and his sister came on the same roof. I mean, imagine if you had five people in the household, everybody making four, everybody making forty thousand. Y'all paying fifteen hundred dollars in rent, everybody splitting that five ways. Everybody no, paying rent, mortgage. Mortgage or mortgage, right? Mortgage. Say y'all paying fifteen hundred dollars in mortgage, y'all split it five ways, three hundred dollars, y'all keeping the rest of y'all whole check. Out of the two checks you get per month, but after a year's time, y'all got bands. You know what I'm saying? Y'all got bands where y'all can free bands, free bands. You know what I'm saying? We ain't talking about future. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, we're talking about you saving, saving money. You paying off student loan debt. You are paying off credit card debt. Right. You start money for for businesses. Right. You starting putting away generational wealth for your kids. Preach. I mean, you can get a lot further with many than you can with one. And I think, and I think a lot of that stems from, I feel like us as black people for sure, have lost touch with our culture, right? One thing that Hispanics got and Asians got that we don't have right now, I feel like, is that unity in culture, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like pre, uh, pre when they did, you know, when they desegregated, desegre- you know, the desegregation mm-hmm. thing, I feel like we lost it, you know what I mean? Because I feel like we don't have a sense of pride in the community anymore. Mm. You know, I go to a rec center, and you got three adults in there and 50 kids. Right. Where's where's the where's the adults at? Like, why, why are we not at the rec center uh, putting this knowledge that we know inside these kids? Volunteering, right. putting time in. Volunteer. It isn't, everything ain't gotta be paid right. because you're paying it forward. You're paying it to the next community. And I feel like um, a big thing, and I said this before, a lot of parents say, "This is this is." I pressure every black kid and heard this. You are gonna get eighteen, you are gonna get a job, and you are gonna get the hell up out my house. Right? You feel me? I'm tired of you eating up everything. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, ooh. Right. But at the same time, that's really backwards. Right? Because a parent should be the foundation, and the kids shouldn't have to get out here and scratch and claw to get back to where you at. You dig what I'm saying? To get back to where you started, that you already here. If you got, like, like my boy, my son said, if everybody come together and get a crib, we saving bread. Not only that, now we we erasing debt. We owning land, all that stuff. But we just gotta get back to who we are and why we are. 
yeah, like <clears throat> that disconnect from from cult, like African culture. I'm sure in Africa, like that community aspect that I was talking about, the Indians have and Hispanics have. Uh, I'm sure they operate under the under that mode. Yeah, I mean, everybody does. And that is so. I, I don't know. It's hard to understand, man. I feel like it's not just us that did it, though. Facts. It's a lot of a lot of oppression that's been going on, a lot of separation of the household, a lot of uh, black males getting locked up, black women realizing, you know, uh, you know, you hear a lot of a lot of songs now. Miss Independent, women are like, hey, I don't need no man. I don't, you ain't gonna never catch no Asian woman say no shit like that. I don't need no man. She might be successful by herself, but she ain't gonna just, you know, men ain't shit. She, you know, they ain't gonna, she ain't gonna down her fellow man. Uh, you look at uh, most cultures, they realize that individually, you can be great. Together, you can be awesome, right? Look at Jay-Z and Beyonce. They both was, Jay-Z was real good before Beyonce. Beyonce was real good before Jay-Z. When they come together, oh my God, it's ridiculous, bro. Relationship goals. Relationship goals, you know what I'm saying? And, and I'm gonna tell you why their relationship goals, because they got a real relationship. And it yeah. ain't fairy tale. This nigga cheated on Beyonce. Really cheated on her. And it happens in relationships. That happens in relationships. You know what I'm saying? The communication aspect. We gotta realize how men gotta cherish their queens and queens gotta cherish their kings. And I feel like that's not happening in the community. You got we got too many hot girls, too many city girls, too many niggas that's like, oh fuck the whole oh, I'm about my paper, I ain't nothing about this money, all this money. You know, money over everything. Like, bruh, no families over everything. And once you understand that, then the community can understand it. Cause once you become a, like, I didn't understand about family until I got one. When I got married and I got a little girl, I look at little kids different now. You know what I'm saying? I used to look at little kids like, oh, bad ass little boy, you know what I'm saying? But now I'm like, damn, bruh, that's somebody's son. Like, you know what I'm saying? That little boy gonna grow up one day. And did I do something to help him? Somebody spark needs something? to mold them. Somebody got to at least spark something. Like Tupac said, I may not change the world, but I can spark something in the person that does change the world. And to me, that's good enough. You dig what I'm saying? You can tell a kid something simple. You think they ain't listening. They gonna go home and think about that. Man, I wonder if I could do that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, bro. We gotta figure it out. Yeah, like I know whenever I deal with younger people, I got a bunch of little homies that I grew up around and they still in high school and stuff like that. I still, <clears throat> all the time I try to tell them the thing, like, if you sit around and you think like, man, if I knew that when I was 16, 15, I'd be so-and-so or wherever right now. I try to tell all the people younger than me all those little things that I'm like, man, I wish I knew that when I was younger because even though it may not resonate with them now, they gonna feel it eventually, and even if it never hits them, they gonna think like, "Man, bro told me that whenever I was doing this, that, and the third. Yeah, and they might tell the next person that's under them like, "Hey, like I wish I would have listened." Right. For sure. For sure. Bro, I just I just thought about it, bro. When you was talking about, um, you know, how you now that you have a family, now you have a daughter. You know, what I'm saying you have to be. Passing down that knowledge and that wisdom to uh, the young kids, young boys of today, because one of them could be possibly Della's husband twenty years from now. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're a girl dad out here, bro. Girl dad right here, bro. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So you got to make sure that the uh, next young man come knocking your door, he got some sense. 
Oh, he gonna, oh, he gonna get something knocked in it. Right. You know. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but it, just, it was funny when you said it, bro. Maybe think about that on uh, scene from Bad Boys too. Yeah, bro, I was just thinking about that scene, bro. You know what I'm saying, nigga? You look thirty. <laughs> right. What are you want my daughter, bro? Right. You know but what I'm saying? I mean, like, I find myself doing it now. I walk in the daycare, right? Cause people look girl up. These little babies, they don't know me, but they all run up cause they see me every day. They act like they, I'm, they know me or something. You know what I'm saying? And I'm thinking about like, dang, this little boy, same age as my little girl. Apparently they growing up in the same neighborhood to go to the same daycare. They might be in middle school together, high school together, right? And go to prom together. Go to some some dumb shit like that, you know? But who am I to say, oh, that ain't my son, so I ain't got nothing to do with it. That'd be foolish, because it is my son. Because we all, should be a community, right? You feel same what I'm tribe, same village. Same tribe. When, same when you, it goes back to the pride thing, man. You know, we used to have a, a, a real deep connection and sense of pride in our community. I remember when I lived on uh, uh, Mitchell Street, uh, Mitchell and Reed, which is right. Not over Mitchell. There. Yeah, Mitchell, Mitchell Street, Reed Street here, which is over there where the uh, now the cigar lounge is now, cigar bar. So you look over there now. Everybody talks about gentrification. When I stayed there over 20 years ago, that place it was run down, crackheads everywhere. Crack vials everywhere, graffiti everywhere, glass broken bottles everywhere. People walking around like they just don't care. Boy, you spitting over there, ain't yeah, you? Yeah, hey man, that's for, that's from the message, man. You know, but you know, people walking around like they just don't care. But now you see like white people they moved in twenty years later. You know, what I'm saying they cleaned the place up. All the crack houses are gone. White people are coming over there winning a beautification award. Businesses are coming back. It's a thriving community. They got the cigar bar down there. They trying to get rid of their chicken houses over there uh, out the way. They, they they doing the petition right now to get that chicken house moved. Right. That chicken house has been sitting over there for years. Black folks been just taking it, dealing with it. Now the white folks moved in. They say, hey, man, we not going to step outside every day smelling that damn nasty-ass chicken house. Y'all going to have right. to relocate that thing or somebody going to get voted out of office. Because they take pride in the neighborhood. That's what it takes. You know what I'm saying? When I was living there, people just accepted dope on the ground. Right. People just Throwing accepted trash. people homeless sleeping with no pants on in the damn park. People just accepted it like, oh, he crazy. He must have get his check this month. No, bro. That's not the way to have a community looking. People just accepted that nasty ass smell from the chicken house yep. when you walk that side. And that's what we gotta do better at taking pride. People man. throwing their trash everywhere, not picking up their trash, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Graffiti all over. You know what I'm saying? Glass everywhere. Uh. Hey, man, but. When you have pride, when you have dignity, you have respect for where you live, your your elders, for the for the youth of the future, then those other things will fall in line. But it's oh, all about man. respect and pride, man. Dig that, man. So look, this is uh this is crazy talk, man. Hey, if you didn't learn nothing on that episode, I'm sorry. Uh, we up there and we stuck there. It's your boy Blake the Great. <laughs>